Welcome to the Unmachine Yourself podcast, facilitated by Hatch and hosted by me, Rowan van Forst. I'm a futures anthropologist, and in this series, I get to speak with CEOs, managers of big corporates, thought leaders about the future of work and leadership. Have fun. Evelina Helmink is a journalist, writer, and leader. She's a self-titled cheerleader for failure and discomfort. True happiness, she says, isn't about cutting out the bad days. It's about accepting life as it is, including the so-called not-so-nice feelings like grumpiness, sadness, or discomfort. Therefore, she wrote the Handbook for Bad Days, Shortcuts to Get Present When Things Aren't Perfect, which is a handbook full of practical, no-bullshit, proven strategies to face our worst days with compassion, courage, and resilience. She's also editor-in-chief for Magazine Happiness and has been able to make that magazine hugely popular here in the Netherlands, not just as something to read, but also as a brand that sells products and organizes huge festivals nowadays. Well, there's plenty to talk about. <laughs> Welcome, Evelyn. Thank you. Thanks for making time. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the future and future leadership today, but um, let's start with earlier times, just for listeners to get to know you a little bit. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? I wanted to be a writer. Hmm. Yeah, I was. Um, I had a membership of a writing club for children book writers, and I made my own little magazine, which I distributed through the neighborhood. And I always wanted to tell stories. Some were made up, and some were true. But storytelling, I think, is the thread through my childhood dreams. Yeah, and then through your life as well, because if I look at your CV... Um, I see that you worked as an editor for uh, television, for magazines. So yes. you writing was your thing from the beginning. Yeah, and uh, I have been so lucky that it was actually also my talent. Because you can kind of dreams and you have skills. And I happen to have a match in, the, in these. So uh, I'm happy that I could pursue those dreams and actually make my job out of it. Yeah, that's true. I think I would love to be able to sing really well, but it's not going to be my life thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had a backup plan. I also wanted to be a ballet dancer, but it was very early on, very obvious that I wasn't made of <laughs> ballet dancer material. So, um, yeah, and I think it's also motivating when you discover that you're actually good in something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, a fulfilling... Self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or an accelerator, perhaps. Accelerator, yeah. 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 And then because you're now um, editor-in-chief as well. And so when did you realize that you were also good at leading a company? Because that's something really different than sitting behind your desk and writing books or writing yeah. articles. Yeah, it is. It's also my biggest challenge to be also a leader and a creative. I think... Um, what I always wanted to write about was what comforts people and what connects people. And that happens to be also the skills you need as a leader, like connecting people and to make sure there's an atmosphere where people feel safe and there's harmony and everybody's heard. So um, I also practice what I preach, I guess. And I also am just uh, stubborn-headed and I want to seat at the table. So and when you want to seat at the table, you have to step into the leader role. Um, did you find did. that scary in the beginning? Yes, because I'm very harmony-driven by nature. Um, I don't like uh, strong discussions, or I like to, to have everybody on board and to move in the same direction. So, yeah, it, and when you become a leader, you have to get used to um, 
to people not agreeing or yeah. to take the to take the lead literally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was also scary, and and still I still find it scary sometimes. Like, who am I to say we're going to do this or that? Yeah. But um, but I'm I'm up for ownership of it. I guess. I think I had to learn this a lot when I was uh, starting to supervise PhD students, um, because I always wanted them to find me a really nice. Yeah, leader yeah. or supervisor, and I hope most of the times they do. But sometimes they will find me an asshole because I have to challenge them in their work, and I yeah. still don't like that. So I, I understand the struggle there. Yeah, and um, I think uh, if I should describe myself as a leader, I'm also very much of the collective. So I am open to everybody's view, but I'm also willing to make decisions when I have to. So. I, I think I found a balance now to listening and to to take the lead when necessary. Yeah, but I find it I do find it interesting because you do something well apparently yeah. because the magazine Happiness um, it's a sp spiritual magazine you could say, but it's immensely popular and it's I think it's the biggest magazine in the Netherlands. Uh, second biggest, second woman biggest. monthly. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, you guys won two Mercury Awards, which is a big thing in yeah, magazine. Yeah, it is. So, so what is this strategy that you went on to that resonates so well? What do you think you do well as a leader? Forget, forget the humbleness then. Uh, um, I, what I do well, I think that um, I am trusting my gut mm. when I'm, and willing to make sure um, that it's not always data or money or you know there's so many external factors in 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 um, managing a company or a magazine whatever that that can influence your decision making yeah and i've always managed somehow when it really comes to 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 hardcore decisions to trust my gut and when you ha you do that and you ha it's successful people begin to trust your gut as well mm. so mm. i have the luck i guess that that I am willing to navigate on my inner compass and that it's also shown to be um, commercially interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but... It does, and I think that's actually interesting about the brand, that it is a commercial product. Like, you sell Absolutely, products. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you have big festivals and... and um, Lots of people pay money for that, and it's doing yeah. really well. And I do recall one story. I'm not sure. Maybe this was an insider story, but probably not. So I think I'm allowed to say it. But uh, at some point, I think happiness was advised by an outsider company, and they said maybe it, it needs to be more general yeah. and less about spirituality. And I think both you and your colleague walked outside of that advisor's company and basically said, fuck you, we're not going to do that. This is exactly what happened. And it was 2012, actually. I still remember it vividly. No, no, 2016. I remember it vividly. We did, uh, um, as um, all magazines do and all brands do, you can do like this marketing research on how do your readers. And, and, and indeed, indeed, they advised us to go more general because uh, they thought that we have, would have more chance commercially, etc. Et so spirituality was way too much of a niche, yeah, right? Way yeah, way too much of a niche. But I've, I believe the, the riches is in the niche, as they say. Uh, I, I strongly believe in the niche. And it, it took guts to say, well, we're not going to do absolutely not what they advise. <laughs> and it had to... Sorry for having paid you like <laughs> thousands yeah. of dollars. But also to, to um, have our own board um, convinced 
mm-hmm. of that strategy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it paid off. And that's a perfect example of trusting my gut yeah. and just knowing really, really sure that what I saw was really happening. And now I've created this position where where I've got that trust because I already yeah. proved that my gut is actually something I can trust on. But also I have to add, because this sounds like I do everything on gut feeling, I'm also surrounded by people who have skills that I don't have mm-hmm. because I'm also a very, um, I'm not, not great at, at, at numbers, for example. Mm. And this is a thing when you run a company, you know, not, numbers are an important thing of, of leadership. And it's not my hobby. I actually I have a really, really strong feelings about Excel. <laughs> They're not good. Um, so I'm also surrounded by people uh, who I can trust on their gut and their knowledge and their professional uh, view on things. So it's also a collective. Uh, and I, I can't empathize that enough that it's not only me. It's, it's absolutely happiness, success is is um, also thanks to the collective of people with different skills and different yeah. uh, knowledge. So then I hear already two tips if we talk about leadership. So one is, you know, trusting your gut, and, and, and we'll talk a bit about that later on. But another one is also selecting people around you who are good in the things that you're not so well at, Definitely. Right? Yeah. yeah, you need that. And you need to trust each other and yeah. trust each other in, in that you are complementary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which which I think is a challenge because we tend to perhaps select people who are like us because then it feels easy. Um, but sometimes you need somebody who is uh, very, very different than yeah, you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and, and also... Um, we have to be a little strong-headed as well. I remember one day I came into the office when it was still open before Corona, and there were uh, posters in the elevator and said, we're a data-driven company. And data-driven, I don't believe in data-driven. I know it's very unpopular to state when everything is so data-driven. Because if happiness would be data-driven, I don't know if we would be the strong brand we are now. Uh, I believe very much in data-minded. I know data is very important. It can absolutely give you insights in what you need to do. But it's one of the things you can navigate on. It's not the thing. It's not the compass. And also, you know, your intuition and your own creativity. And um, that's what makes a a brand or a company human and relatable and, and, and... soulful mm-hmm. so that's also very important that you can trust data but data driven i hate that term yeah it shouldn't drive no it's not if you want data driven you should put porn on your website and only sell fried food and, I which mean, might be a very good tip if you I want know. to make a lot of money <laughs> you'll have great response and people will show up is that really what you want you know yeah so yeah, data yeah. minded instead of data driven yeah. Hey, so I want to talk a little bit about future capabilities. And I think, you know, we invited you for uh, the Handbook for Bad Days to talk about that because a lot of the things that you mentioned there, um, a lot of the strategies and the coping strategies that you mentioned there, how to deal with bad days, because we cannot just simply cut them out of our lives. It's part of being human. Also work on the work floor. Yeah. And come down to a lot of the capabilities that a lot of leaders mention will be usually important for the future like compassion and being courageous and being able to be resilient yeah or simply to just sometimes wait until the day is over right can you tell me a little bit about what capability or skill or thing do you think will be important in the future 
do we all need in modern days? Um, to accept that we're fully human. Mm. And ex especially in a time which is so tech-driven, it's so important to to realize that we are humans. We we recharge differently than we we can just can't just plug in or plug out. You know, you have all I the wish. human. Yeah, I wish. I just had a baby. I wish I could just kind of <laughs> upload myself. Yeah, <laughs> but you can't. No. And and you have these cycles in life, and you have these cycles throughout the day for energy. Sometimes you're energized. Sometimes you're you're not so creative. And to to embrace that humanity, I think that is so important to allow that to allow your people to have a bad day or to be not so productive or to and to trust there are also days that they're very productive and i think um, one of the good things that last year has proven to us that we actually can trust this human process because you know the fear was with working from home will people actually work will they do something but i see in my team in my uh, that when people get the freedom to work to have a, a work responsibility, but to actually um, balance that out with what they need in their personal life or in their energy level, people still de deliver. People still do the work. Actually, they do it better than at the office, where they have they are forced to be there till nine to five and expected to be very productive in precisely inside that hours. And um, so the human uh, factor has proved to be just fine when you trust it and you let it be. Do you think, because, you know, if you say you should trust that on the work floor as well, I, I can see that that is a bit scary for people. Like if I were a leader, yeah, I can see it in myself. Like I know that some days I'm more productive. Some days I've had a good night of sleep and, you know, I get up and I feel yeah. excited. Other days I'm perhaps a bit more distracted or I had a fight with my man and and I know it's okay if I go for a hike in between the afternoon because then tomorrow will be better. But trusting others with that, especially if they're working for me and they have to deliver might be scary. Did you did you find that scary at all with your company? I did. Yeah. yeah. It was absolutely a gamble. But that's that's a great thing that we were forced to yeah. do it. I don't know if I would have dared to do it without the without knowing the results, but we had to do it and it's actually worked out. But I have been a long-time cheerleader uh, to uh, to make contracts with people not based on hours that they work, but mm. on responsibility. And that was already before COVID. I so more task-driven than yeah, hours-driven. I very strongly believe that you, because ex maybe that's also because the work of, that I do, it's creative. Some editor might take a day to come up with a, a perfect heading for a story and others will do it in 10 minutes. Yeah. It's not always measurable. It's not always... Yes, sometimes if, when I look at my own pro process, sometimes like a cover lines or something, they come like in half an hour and like bam, bam, bam. And sometimes it takes me a week to consider and reconsider. So it's not always measurable. But if you pay people for the responsibility, like this is your responsibility, you have to make sure we get the deadline, you have to deliver the, the kind of story, blah, blah, blah. You can make something up and trust people that they will deliver on their own terms. And of course you can ask for certain quality, I think it's still uh, measurable in other ways. And I think it still has consequences if you don't get a certain uh, level of, of, of quality or you, you, you keep missing deadlines. I mean, it's not like you're free to do whatever. No. It's just not measured by hours. It's yeah. measured by output. Yeah. And your your book is now being translated to, I think, five 
yeah. foreign, foreign uh, publishers. So it's USA, Germany, France, China, Bul- and Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Yeah, Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about things that people all over the world go through now, like a lot of insecurity, perhaps, or um, disappointment. Yeah. Then resilience and being able to deal with that comes popping up and up again. Yeah. What do you advise people if you have, you know, you get up in the morning, you're all over the place because you just had some bad news, yeah. but you still have to kind of get to work. You say embrace your humanity, so perhaps accept something, but at the same time, you still want to be kind of productive or yeah. what do you do then? Um, it differs. And mm. that's why my book is so, uh, it's more than 70 strategies because um, I, it, I think it comes down to self-knowledge and mm. knowing what you need and just really really getting to know yourself and what you need in moments because sometimes when i have a bad day i need to give myself permission to lay on the couch and watch netflix and eat a pint of ice cream but on other days on other bad days i know i have to force myself to get out there to get dressed to get showered to get my makeup on if i want to and get to work because you know it differs and i think That's also what I want to tell with the book. It's very nuanced and it takes a lot of self-knowledge to know what you need. But it starts with recognizing um, that indeed you are not a robot and that you you have very um, nuanced and very detailed self-knowledge that can actually help you if you are able to look inside and know what's really bothering you, for example. Because we also tend to see bad days as very very unnuanced, like I'm having a bad day. Well, what's wrong? And people don't even really get to answer that question because they they just think I'm feeling bad, I don't want this, so I'll numb it or I discover, I will um, ignore it or something. But, it comes but then you notice you're not being productive at all and it's not working, right? Yeah. For example, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's different. It's like I write in the book, there's not one fix for everything. It's really getting to know what you need at that moment. And if the day asks of you to do to go to work and to deliver, well, what do you need then? Yeah. What do you what do you want? And that's different for everyone and it's even different for me every day. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm thinking about now um what I hear from a lot of leaders is that because we're kind of disconnected, because we don't sit in the same office, we have to do everything online, etc. We have to find ways to kind of still connect with one another. Because I think if if one thing became clear, then it's people work best and live best if they're feeling connected, right? If they feel disconnected, then it doesn't work. So how do you try to get your team deal with bad days or deal with all these challenges? What do you do do and what do you recommend other leaders to do then? Um, to really make space for that feelings on the workplace because we tend to think it's very unprofessional to talk about feelings and to talk about energy levels. And I don't think it is. I think it's very professional when you can present yourself with self-knowledge and say like, okay, um, can I check in with you because I'm not having a great day and I don't think I can deliver, but I'm sure I can tomorrow or something. And then I ask, what can I do to help you? And what I find is that's often just giving space or just holding space. So they space. can they can tell their story, or just blurt like, "Oh, my kids yeah. were." You know, it might be enough. Yeah, uh, 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 like in nine out of ten times, it actually is enough. 
and to give space. And then people give, then I say, go for a walk, close your laptop, go out there, and I'll, I'll speak to you again tomorrow. And then we'll see, we'll see how we go on from there. And so many times people say, oh, I feel relieved or I feel, yeah. I feel seen. And it's just the spark they need to get reignited again and to, to move on. And it's also, it's a great opportunity to check in often because you can also f- uh, notice very, very early on if someone is really uh, going derailing sideways. Or, yeah. yeah, derailing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when you um, give space to people, they don't hold it in. So you, you, how many stories you know of people who keep, who keep going and going and going and one day they're just burned out and they're just gone and off the radar. And I think you can... Um, we have a very low sick rate at happiness, which I'm very proud of. Hmm. And I think that's also because we give a lot of space for that nuance. Well, that's interesting because I think earlier you said if you have an off day, sometimes you might go for a hike or, yeah. and you also tell your colleagues to do that. So yeah. do you, do you have other, uh, it sounds very bad if I say it in this way, but do you have other tricks almost to keep people healthy? You go against the productivity kind of uh, addiction, right? So, yeah. so how do you do that? Um, celebrating what goes well. And I think that's uh, one from the book. Um, it, Thanking people, hmm. making hmm. them feel, yeah, making them feel valued. Yeah, you know, it's easy to call out people on what they did wrong. We often forget to tell people what they did really well. Yeah. Um, so all acknowledging, acknowledging that you see people that you really um, are thankful for their effort they're putting into the brand. Um, I find myself that it's so much more rewarding to give people like a little gift or a little to let them share in the success of the brand, it can take so much pressure out of uh, HR business. Just if people want to be seen, everybody wants to be acknowledged. Can you give us a very little example? Or like, do you send people actually a postcard or do you? Yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah, or, or we send a little gift. Yeah. Like uh, we have a little, we have a web shop and we, when we have a very good month, then I, I, we will send people something and it can be as as little as as a gemstone or something, and then, and then I write a sweet note, or we um, we're always very um, attentive when it comes to sending flowers when someone has something to celebrate or um, giving someone a, 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 a moment to share a story if, if this, that's important for them. Just making sure to be seen. I write that in the book also. I think that as a human, we have like two fundamental questions, and that's who am I. And do I matter? Do what I have to bring, do, does it matter? And the who am I question is maybe not something you can always answer for someone in a work uh, relationship, but do I matter? That's something you can very much uh, um, wor- use in a work relationship. Yeah, and I actually think that it becomes perhaps more important nowadays with all the tech and the robots and the yeah. digitalization that we still see and feel that we have personal connections that people see us. Yeah. So the whole humane aspect becomes even more important. Yeah. It was also was a game changer for me and for people to feel connected. Uh, is that I, in, in the beginning of the Corona crisis, I felt very much the pressure also to give everybody attention, and, so, and it was actually coming uh, coming into the way of my own uh, daily uh, business. Well, I, I can I have imagine. To, yeah. Yeah, I have to call this one, and I have to go to, for a walk with that. And then we discussed it with the team and made it a, a collective responsibility. So, like, we're, we're not going to reach out to you all the time, but 
reach out to each other. Mm. Um, Did find, you make peer groups? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah buddies, uh, buddy system, or invite someone for a walk that you don't usually get to work with, someone you won't see in Teams or Zoom. Um, so we made it like a co- collective responsibility to care for each other and to reach out. Yeah, interesting. If you think about like 10 years from now, for example, and if you would advise a brand to stay successful, what do you think is important for companies to go through or to stick to? Um, what I think is that we should have more eye for talent. And um, hmm. what I mean by that is, um, and that's also when you talk about uh making people seen and making them feel valued is that we have, of course we have like, I don't know the English word for it, like a uh, function descriptions, like yeah. this is your job. Job descriptions. Job I descriptions. Think, yeah. yeah. And they can be very narrow. Like you're an, um, you're an editor. So you should do yeah. this, 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 and this. Yeah. What we also try to do is, um, to make that flexible hmm. because some people are very good at one thing and not very great at the other. So we also try to make people to build jobs around people. Ah. Interesting. And so, but first you hire somebody yeah. because you feel the connection, you feel the click and, and it makes sense. Yeah. And then you kind of adapt the job to Yeah, that we person. adapt the job. And we uh, actually, we tell that to people that you can, can come and work with us and this is, will be your job description. This is what your responsibilities will be. But we want to find out with you what you can be, what you can add to this team and what can be your value in a collective. And I have several examples of people developing in a very different direction than what they actually came in for to do and then we just changed the team so we're, we're just constantly ad- adapting and mm. and making sure it's a collective that people do what they're good in i mean such a waste to to have a talent do something that they're not really good at and i guess it also allows people to develop because i think one of the things that we keep hearing is um if you compare it with with Before, people perhaps had to learn a certain skill and then you go into a job and you stay in that job for 40 years. But now, as the world is changing so fast, you don't need to learn that skill because you can learn the skill from a freaking YouTube video. (laughs) But you need to be able to learn. You need to be very flexible in your mind and keep developing yourself. Yeah, and as a leader, that also means you have to be brave because sometimes um, that also means that someone is not a fit for the team anymore. Uh, or that's that it's not that you're not giving the space or you're not the the, the best house for someone to live yeah. in. So sometimes it's also we also also say goodbye to people sometimes. Like we thought you could add, but it doesn't isn't working out. And I think it's best for you and best for us um, if you move on. If you move on because yeah. your your talents are not here, needed here or cannot fully bloom here. That's yeah. a better way to put it. Do you do you think that that Bravery or that courageousness, is that something that you can learn? Yeah, because I think if you do it with a loving heart, it's best for everyone. Yeah. And uh, I think it's never about people telling them, telling people they're not, they're not good enough. Or It's actually seeing someone, and with the greatest love, I can, I can tell someone, and I think you 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 should you will be happier or you will bloom more fully yeah so really seeing you i yeah. honestly think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. so if i summarize um some of the capabilities that that we just discussed trusting your gut feel so always really knowing yourself knowing what yeah. you really need on an off day 
yeah human connection and humanity in general like paying attention to people individuals yeah perhaps flexibility like adjusting the job on the person and then courage yeah courage yeah. as well yeah. yeah if i can ask you um one thing perhaps more what is your hope for the future of companies what would you like to see more i would love to see companies less company um cultures actually mm-hmm. less ego driven mm-hmm. um I see so many companies where every where there is a lot of fear, fear for the your colleague, fear for your manager, and I would love it. We have this saying at Happiness: no ego, no problem, mm-hmm. because a lot of things, if you don't take it personally, um, it takes away so much of the stress and so much of the tightness of company culture, and. I think it would benefit everything, creativity, output, uh, human human um, skill. So if I would, could have one wish for the future of companies, I would say leave your ego home and work as a collective. Yeah, that would be a lovely one. Yeah, yeah. So less management, less structure, less rules. Trust, trust each other, trust your... Your team trust each other's talents, trust each other's creativity. Yeah, because that's that's another thing that you that you said and that I perhaps emphasize a, li- a, a bit too little uh, due to time scarcity. But the trust in the creative process is also, I think, so important, right? Like sometimes it takes a week until yeah. you get to the idea, but then yeah. you still. If you're a leader, you need to trust your people that the creative process doesn't, you know, work if you push it too hard. Yeah, you know, the best cooks in the world, they don't measure all their ingredients uh, on on gram. No, they just cook and they taste. And it's the process which brings the result and not the measuring and not the always trying to contain process, always try to contain every result. No, let it go. Yeah. And, and sometimes that means having one bad day and then just kind of <laughs> cuddle away on the couch and watch Netflix and eat. Yeah, and allow and yourself that process. Allow yourself to have a bad day. And you will see good days will come again. It's always like that. After Spring comes after winter. Um, it's never just perfect. It's never just shiny and happy. And yeah, be human. Yeah, that's a wonderful end phrase, I think, for now. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you all for listening or watching to this episode of the Unmachine Yourself podcast. Um, If you like this story, then please do share it with your own network and get the ripple effect going because we really, really need more future-proof leaders and organizations. Um, If you happen to listen to the podcast in your iTunes app, it's really easy to leave a review and that helps us because it makes the podcast easier to find for other listeners. Thank you so much and until next time.